It's an important year for Kevin Stefanski, Deshaun Watson, and the Cleveland Browns. Do they have enough on this roster for a playoff run and being competitive in the AFC? It's Browns Day, and we're breaking them down from every angle today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are locked on NFL scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day and a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single show, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL, and when you enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL, you'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Kyle, what's up, man? Joe, happy National No Free Advertising Day to you. I just swapped out my can for my Bird Dogs didn't come yet. So instead, I get the locked on thermos yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, no more free advertising for my uh, caffeine beverages of choice. So cheers. Cheers. Cheers to bird dogs. Bird cheers dogs. to the Browns. Cheer- cheers, cheers to um, the Cowboys YouTube video didn't pop off versus some of the other standards that we have had. But yeah. I don't know if you went and read the comments. Every single comment was an everyday. Thank you. For those people, it's like we. I it was good to hear Nick Saban back on the podcast because of the sound by yeah. the soundboard. Um, I forget what the other ones were, but there were a couple of really funny. Like, oh, okay, these these are everydayers leaving comments yeah. here on YouTube today. I, you know, what's funny is is I feel like San Francisco and Dallas on YouTube just didn't oh, pop off. San Francisco off. laid the biggest egg of all time. Well, it's it's almost like these big like legacy teams. They don't want to hear us, man. Look, what's they, what's they, your deal? They have they have an entire network television program committed to yeah. them with the the espn so they they it's don't true. need to hear they don't need to hear us talk about it because espn talks about them 24 7 you know what that's probably pretty fair and they're probably they probably associate us with like other national media just coming after us not really knowing the team it's like hey i spent my entire damn morning and last night getting ready for this clock this morning to watch deshaun watson throw Brother. one hoppers and skip rocks across the pond okay and thank you for coming to today's episode. <laughs> hey, with, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Deshaun in section three. Yeah. But we're going to talk about the offense first. I got the depth chart up for anybody who's on YouTube, so I'll go ahead and pop it up. And uh, Joe, we're going to start offensively besides the fact that this offensive line is awesome. Yeah, let's let's start there, man. Um, especially the middle. Betonio, Wyatt Teller are absolute studs at guard, but how about Ethan Pochick in the revelation that he was that for them? Name? You know, Kyle, where this, the best thing about this is that he's turned out to be a quality player and he signed a contract extension, and I have to be challenged with saying his name. Uh, but they times. are what we thought was they my were. first interview I've ever done uh, with a player in person was Ethan Pochick. And before the interview, I looked at him and I said, Ethan, how do I say your last name? And he told me how to say his last name. Three, two, one, time to record, and I did not say it the way that he told me to. And do I remember how oh, I'm God. supposed to say it? Yeah. No. 
but I've been going with Ethan Pochick. So it's great to welcome the pronunciation pol police right here in the yeah. first few minutes welcome. of the podcast. Welcome. It's and the best part is you can know that I've spoke to the man personally on how to say it. I tried my best. I'm sorry if I got it wrong, but he's but a the stud. In the interior trio was awesome. And like kind of fell into this opportunity, right? Yeah. Like it, it was original. like their plan at was Nick Harris, maybe not last year, but like, Nick Harris got brought in and was going to get a run there to be the starter, and he got hurt. And it facilitated this kind of uh, instability at the center position, so they go get Ethan Posick, and he ends up being really, really good. Now, life's pretty good when you got Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller on either <laughs> side of you, I'm sure, but that isn't to take anything away from what he was able to provide uh, for Cleveland up front. It was pretty good. Um. This is the sidebar you never knew you needed. But between Ethan Pochick and Connor Williams and Mitch Morse and Joe Tipman and Frank Ragnow, is there a movement for the big center? Like, is this a thing? Like the 6'5", 310-pound center? Is this a thing? It's, it, feels like, it feels like we have some momentum here for some bigger athletes, centers out there, man. Right? There, there's value to athletes who also have power at the point of attack. And I think that's what all those players have in common is that they uh, all have an ability to win against nose tackles while simultaneously having the range to be an impactful second level defender if you're uncovered uh, on the defensive front. What do we think about Jedrick Wills, the left tackle? It's been okay, right? I'm glad you got somebody in the pipeline to not get handcuffed there. That's it. They made the reinvestment in Conklin, right? They, they gave Conklin a new contract. Yeah. Teller and Batonio are under contract. Bojic too? I don't, I don't think you can justify, like, Jedrick Wills is probably going to get in free agency as an adequate level starting left tackle. How many million dollars a season? 10, 12. Can they afford that? They shouldn't. They shouldn't want to pay the, all the opportunity of cost of yeah. signing him feels like you're losing better players to just retain the chemistry of your offensive line, especially because you drafted Dewan Jones in the fourth round. And yeah. let's hope that's a good environment for him. And let's hope he can live up to his physical potential, because if he does, I'd much rather have the player with plenty of talent on a rookie contract than make a new investment in Jedrick Wills and then potentially lose the opportunity to upgrade somewhere else along this roster. How about these weapons? I mean, I think Amari Cooper's so good. Every time I watch Amari Still Cooper, lead. yeah, Still man, lead. like I don't, I don't get it. I don't know how this guy's been on like three different teams at this point in his career. Um, he's a great football player. The route running, the hands, the body control. Um, he's not limited in any way. I think that's the best way I'd put it. He's above average in everything across the board. He's productive. He's been productive with multiple quarterbacks. And he's one I think of the he's most so good, proficient dude. Receivers in football. Oh man, I I, I would jump if if I were a team that had a chance to get Amari Cooper, I'd jump at the chance to do it. I, I think he's an absolute. Remember stud. when he got traded for a fifth, brother? I can't I can't reconcile that to save my <laughs> life. I cannot. Well, Great was, move he by was the Browns. Twenty million dollars. That's all. That's well. It, I, as I'm watching them this morning, I'm thinking to myself, man, what if they didn't get Amari Cooper? Like, because they had right. some issues there at receiver for a while. It's like, man, how do you stumble into that? That's a great move to have him. He's he's so good. But also, I'm intrigued with Elijah Moore coming over. I think we all are um, 
flashy production with the Jets, but between um, whatever was going on with the rift he had with the coaching staff, bad quarterback play for two years, I think there's a lot more ceiling for him to unlock. Donovan Peoples-Jones went out and had like 800 yards last year. Um, there's some depth here. Marquise Goodwin, a veteran. Uh, Cedric Tillman, a recent you know draft pick from this past year, who's got a lot of ability. You know, see if they can get something from Jakeem Grant, who they gave a three-year contract to, and you know, coming Dave off Bell. an Achilles injury. David Bell. Yeah, there's there's options here, and, and so maybe Hop's on the way, right? Yeah, maybe Hop's on the way. This is they they uh, should go out and get DeAndre Hopkins. I think so too. Yeah, I I think this is a team where you know you you probably get them on a one-year deal, right? But if you if you get past the first waves of free agency and you add Zadarius Smith and DeAndre Hopkins to this nucleus Man. that you have, pff. yeah, <laughs> I think that would mean a lot for Deshaun. Right? We're going to get to Deshaun, but like yeah. a player like that to give him some familiarity, a guy he's throwing a lot of footballs to, it'd be a high priority for me if I were Cleveland. And and I don't think that DeAndre Hopkins' potential hypothetical arrival takes anything away from Elijah Moore. No. I think that those reps probably come at the cost of Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's a good player. Right. We both graded him as an adequate level starter. I loved him coming out of Michigan. I, I had like a second-round grade on him He's coming out of still really young, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, there there is some long-term there. But you'd l- certainly like to think that a guy like DeAndre Hopkins for these young receivers like Cedric Tillman and Elijah Moore and David Bell and Donovan Peoples-Jones, like, they would benefit from having Amari Cooper and – DeAndre Hopkins is two really good route runners, and well, Nuke has has made so much of his killing on option routes, working from the slot, kind of identifying post snap, and kind of those football instincts of, of Cooper and, and his route running and stems to make everything look the same until it's not, and DeAndre Hopkins with pre snap or post snap processing to be able to identify coverage leverage and and build chemistry and and kind of be the translator, if you will, between Deshaun Watson and a lot of these young guys. I, I think there's a great opportunity there for that entire wide receiver room to get better long-term, not just what DeAndre Hopkins would bring in a one-year situation. David Njoku's an awesome young tight end. Uh, good depth there. surprised that Njoku's good. No, that was a good, you had that one uh, before he was eligible at Miami. You were at a game. I remember that text. Like, yeah, yeah they got a transformer. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Panther <laughs> defender into the end zone on the goal yeah. on the pylon. I was standing right at it. was incredible. Nick Chubb, best pure running back in the NFL. Um, yes. in my opinion, he's an absolute stud. I am here though, for the Jerome Ford breakout this year. I mean, Kareem Hunt's no longer part of this football team. He touches the ball a fair amount of times around 175 times a year. That's got to go to somebody. I think Jerome Ford is a fourth round pick could be a little bit of a sleeper here as a, as a guy that can get some run in this backfield. Yeah, I, there's a part of me that would love to just let's let Nick Chubb cook, right? There's a part of me that wants him to have the Ricky Williams season and just give, give Nick Chubb 400 touches and see what oh, it looks like. God, does he make it through 400 touches? Probably not. Not. I think that's that's the logical side of it is to say, okay, they've done well to manage Nick Chubb, to keep him fresh. It's that tightrope that you have to walk, and I get it. But if I'm looking at the names behind Nick Chubb and it's Felton and Kelly and Ford, and I agree with you, like I like Jerome Ford at Cincinnati too. Aren't isn't there a little bit of motivation to maybe give a third of those open snaps to Nick Chubb? I don't know. I if if you're gonna make it to the playoffs and be meaningful in the playoffs if you're Cleveland, Nick Chubb's gonna be a big part of that. And so 
I'd want to cap him around 300 touches and make sure that I have that to lean on when I need it the most late in the season in the playoffs. How about so if we Jerome, buy into a true and, and you know th- this they did this with Kareem Hunt too, but like there's a true third down back. Nick Chubb's not taking pass pro on third down. Well, then I might want a different player than Jerome Ford. John Kelly? Felton is a scout. I'll never quit John Kelly. I'll never quit him. What a fun player, man. This is Tennessee. Their backfield is a bunch of brand guys for us. Right. I think Felton's the only one neither one of us like really went to bat for. He can go. Bring back the Ernest Johnson. (laughs) Swap him out for Demetri Felton. But um as far as skill groups go, though, uh, obviously the unproven dynamic of Tillman and Moore and Bell kind of leaves you with some variance on what that outcome is going to look like. I think that's why we, we're both proponents of like, hey, go get DeAndre Hopkins and, and be done. But Amari Cooper, David Njoku, Nick Chubb, what a trio of pillars Yeah, that you, know, you, you can run your offense through either throwing the ball or rushing the football. And, of course, with this offensive line, Mm-hmm. Um, you, you imagine they, they are going to have a lot of opportunities to dictate terms and run downhill and play action pass off of that and use both Njoku and Cooper as, as guys that will cut you up. And a lot of the success of this team as a whole is going to come back to Deshaun Watson, which is why, uh, as you can see on the YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, the unparalleled, this is what, year eight, year seven for Deshaun Watson? Yeah, it's a weird situation. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 7. Dra- draft dudes do math. The year 7 incomplete evaluation player. Uh, the first in its history in the two years that we've been doing this exercise of grading rosters. So we'll, we'll talk about the Sean here in segment two. But, Joe, uh, we got to get ready flip over to the defensive side of the football. Yeah, before we do that, let's talk about bird dogs. I absolutely love their shorts and joggers. Just got a couple of pairs of their shorts yesterday and they are awesome they make you look good they have this uh this design it's like this stretch khaki design they're made to fit slimmer through your thigh and your leg to give you that sculpted look it fits so much better than like a regular pair of shorts they're uh they don't have that stiff restricting uh cotton type fabric i mean bird dogs has fixed that problem by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so that you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And they use this anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. Enter promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. Here it is. It's awesome with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So defensively, Really excited about the addition of Zadarius Smith to this group for the Cleveland Browns because they also low-key added Dalvin Tomlinson (laughs) to the defensive front this offseason. And when you watch the Browns on tape last year, uh, the front had its rear end handed to it itself quite a few times. Um, Defensive tackle play lack of stout anchors, kind of guys not reacting to blocks, running themselves out of plays, getting bubbled back into your linebackers, falling back into your lap. Deion Jones, who was here last year, uh, didn't know which way was up at times, it seemed like, kind of chasing his own tail out there. 
I, they they were a mess in the front. And you think about just the new additions, right? If you're only going to count the new additions, you have two rookies in Isaiah Maguire and Siaki Aika. You have Zadari Smith. You have Agbo Okoronkwu. You have Dalvin Tomlinson. This is a really good influx of talent to a defensive front that desperately needed it with how they played last year. And I think, obviously, Dalvin Tomlinson is going to help with that. Um, you're still really unsettled, though, at that other defensive tackle spot. You're hoping for something to materialize between Jordan Elliott, Tristan Hill, and Perrion Winfrey, and I don't I don't like having eggs in that basket. I think you need – it would be nice if they had another guy there. Maybe Shelby Harris, give him a call, see what he's doing, bring him over. He knows Ethan Pochick. Be helpful. Maybe he doesn't know Ethan Pochick because he was on Seattle last year and Pochick wasn't, but point being, go – find yourself an upgrade at three tech if you can. Um, but bringing in Zedaria Smith is absolutely necessary without Jadavion Clowney being back in the mix. And and so is Agbo Ankaronko. I think they needed both of those additions to stabilize the edge. They needed Dalvin Tomlinson. I still think they need a little bit more at defensive tackle, especially when your, your stack backers behind them are like Anthony Walker, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. You know, those are guys that are, are lighter, right? They're more matchup specific type players. And um, you want them to be able to run free. And it's going to be difficult for them with um, kind of this three-tech situation and the lack of overall depth there at defensive tackle. Edge is a better situation with the arrival of Smith and Okoronkwu, but still concerned about defensive tackle. Well, and, and hopefully you can get a healthy season out of Anthony Walker. I certainly think that would help. Yeah. Um, missed about four games in 2021 and then in 2022 only played in in three games dressed in in three games so that that is a player who for me I think has a little bit of a different demeanor and and play style that can kind of help with if you're not anchoring up front with consistency but he's got to be available and and obviously missed the time last year and that that really hurt after uh uh, a three-year stint as a starting linebacker in Indianapolis when he was highly productive each of those three seasons. So um, Anthony Walker is kind of a guy I've got a gold star next to for this Cleveland Browns front that you can hope uh, is back to what he's shown he's capable of being because I think it would give a totally different flavor into a linebacker room in Cleveland that otherwise has a lot of guys who are not stout strikers and are a little bit more space players. I'm a big fan of the secondary. I, I really like it, especially at corner. Denzel Ward, a franchise cornerstone. Greg Newsom, who's been really good. I mean, well, he doesn't have an interception, but my goodness, he has everything else. He's looked really good through two seasons. And then Martin Emerson. I mean, how good was that guy last year with the kind of tone-setting demeanor that he brought to the table, physical, like very confident player, just really easy to root for. Um, so you have those as your top three corners to go with. Uh, Grant Delpit, who... I think has become at least a sufficient starter. Rodney McLeod's been a very good veteran player in the league for a long time. And you brought over Juan Thornhill, who I think is a really good split split zone type safety. One high guy even at times. So I think this starting secondary and even the depth when you consider McCloyd um, at safety, uh, I, I like it. I, I think it's really good. And if you can get this pass rush going, what should be the strength of your front, you would think, um, you know, I think the defense will have a lot better results this coming year. I can't believe Rodney McLeod's on his third team in three years. It's, it's, veteran safeties are always extremely weird, man, with how the league treats them. 
just a, a really sturdy player last year in Indianapolis. He's been consistently good. Like going back to his three-year stint when he was a a, a volume starter for the Eagles uh, prior to the injury that he took in 2018, he was really productive against the pass, like really consistent. And he's played like last year for the Colts, he played like 200 snaps on special teams too. He logged over 1,200 snaps last year for the Colts. And yeah, I mean, veteran safety, 32 years old, I, I get it. But at the same time, I really don't get it. <laughs> I think that's a great add. And uh, I think a little bit more of a stabilizing player in coverage than Delpit. I think in between Warren Thornhill and McLeod, if you want to go uh, sub package and have Usu Koromoa and, and have Delpit as kind of the uh, a guy who can buzz around the line of scrimmage a little bit, kind of get involved in the run fits, you can do some really nice big nickel stuff with this trio. Uh, so long as the front holds up and prevents opposing running offenses from getting vertical quickly on top of you, as long as they, they can do that. I think they have a really nice makeup on the back end in the safety room to stay versatile and multiple. We should probably also acknowledge the arrival of Jim Schwartz as a defensive coordinator. Um, I've always been a Jim Schwartz fan. Get ready for some wide nines. Uh, that feels pretty disastrous for offensive tackles that have to deal with a freak like Miles Garrett. You know, we didn't even get into Miles Garrett. It's like an assumed part of this. Like he's one of the best defensive linemen in the league, like a true franchise cornerstone. But uh, we've seen Jim Schwartz generate a lot of sack production and um he's got some guys up front to to unleash i'm excited to see how it happens and and mcleod had a lot of ball production playing in the secondary for schwartz in philadelphia when they overlapped in 19 and 20 as you know mcleod is a starter so um i think the schwartz defense with that wide nine front i think it will put some more stress on the interior of the box so Dalvin Tomlinson's a Point. huge presence there, but the yeah. depth and that other spot. Oh, you you had mentioned who'd you mention? Shelby Harris. Shelby Harris, Ionitis. Yeah, go get him. Akeem Hicks. Yes, these are the players these, you should These are be the guys, right? Yes. Like you're there. Go get them. As long as DeAndre Hopkins doesn't prevent you from getting those kinds of guys, go get them both. Right, yeah. <laughs> you're going to be highly competitive. The the you're trying to chase down the Cincinnati Bengals. Pittsburgh's going to be improved uh, with their second year quarterback. Baltimore kind of reshaping their entire offense. This is a highly competitive division. Man, they got 15 mil in space right now. I'm I'm signing Hop in one of those defensive tackles, and we're going to go make a run here in the North. Yeah, and and I think you can if if the quarterback play comes together. Of course, the mystery is is what you're going to get. Yeah. And I think that's why we've, we've kind of made the commitment to having such a um, nuanced conversation around Deshaun Watson and carved out segment three to kind of to keep buried here. But I'll pull the depth chart back up here as we look at, you know, a good amount of cornerstones as a healthy amount of cornerstone players between Ward and Garrett and Batonio and Teller and Chubb and Cooper and quality starters elsewhere on this roster. There's a lot to like here. This is going to be a good team. But the competitiveness of the division kind of puts you on the spot where uh, the, the critical component and the X factor being Deshaun Watson uh, is ultimately going to determine your season. And Watson, you know, I, I don't think the record and the statistics are necessarily a, an accurate indicator of where this team is 
or, or what the play was like last year. Uh, I, I even think 58% completion, 6.5 yards per attempt, and a 7-5 to five touchdown interception ratio probably is not indicative of just how bad it was at times and how out of sync and disjointed the offense looked. And look, that's the, you understand that. He missed almost two seasons worth of play as a starter. But what we're going to get into here on segment three is going to be committed to um, where it was off, how it can get back on track, and and just kind of our general thoughts because it's it's impo- was impossible to put him in a bucket. And and we'll talk about that that here to close on this episode of Locked On NFL Scout. So Joe, here's the deal. If we were to put Deshaun Watson in a bucket in 2020, roster cornerstone, right? Oh, 2020, yeah, yeah. He, yeah was, he was one of the best five quarterbacks in the league in 2020. There's no question. 4,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 8.9 yards per attempt. Still had a high sack total, but even amidst taking 49 sacks that season, his adjusted net yards per attempt was 8.22 magical season that year now of course everything that happened between then and now happened and Deshaun Watson took time away from the game as consequences for the conduct off the field and that's putting it mildly and lightly right but then he served a suspension he came back and he started the last six games of the year and he put up the numbers that we kind of alluded to and I think the scariest thing for Cleveland is not knowing where on the spectrum of what he was in 2020 and where he was when he came back, like he could fall anywhere in between there. And when you pay the price that you paid for that to happen, it needs to be a lot closer to 2020 and you don't really know how long it is or is not going to take for him to fully regain his footing as an NFL quarterback. Perhaps the most discouraging part of Deshaun Watson last year, nobody's going to say he played well. He he was a train wreck out there. No confidence, no accuracy, no feel. It was it was a disaster. But even across six starts and 170 passing attempts, I didn't see growth there. Right? I thought at some point you would you would feel like you're watching uh, some piece of what you remember about Deshaun Watson. And even in the three touchdown performance against Washington, I mean he was nine of eighteen, and he he had three pretty easy touchdown passes. One, you know, a couple to Cooper, one where Cooper um, was able to spin outside against a poor leveraged corner. One, you know, Cooper was wide open. The other one, I think it was Donovan Peoples Jones was wide open. I mean, it, these, these weren't hard moments. Um, and, and he, we didn't have those three touchdowns and we're talking about four touchdowns and five interceptions in six games with, with no growth to show for it. It's not like you're playing these great teams, down the stretch, I mean, New Orleans, Washington, Pittsburgh, that was your your second three games after Houston, Cincinnati, and Baltimore. Um, and so it's tough to watch. And, it, you know, I, they made a huge commitment, right? It's a fully guaranteed contract, five years, $230 million. Um, and so this is this is the course that they're going to be married to for a while here. Um, and it's, it's really impossible to know um, what he's going to look like. I mean – didn't play at all in 2021, six starts in 2022, and they were disastrous. I mean, it's been a long time since we've played. We've seen Deshaun Watson play high-level football. 
um, there's excuses, right? There's things that you can you can lean into and and convince yourself that well, I mean, it was always a tough environment, and um, you know he's going to be more equipped. He's going to be better positioned to play good football this coming season. But man, this is one of those things that I'm going to have to see to believe that Deshaun Watson can get back to what we saw in 2020. When I, I th- and, and I think the feel will be better. You know, it, it can't be worse than what it was. And now he has the full off season and he's not going to have a three month limbo where he's going to practice with the team and then be away from the team. And everybody's going to have been playing in that window and you're trying to step in when you're so far behind. So like, if we're being completely objective, I, I understand why it was a struggle through all the context, but predicting outcomes of yeah. what it's going to look like now is almost impossible. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's what inspires me to say, go get hop, give him something that he knows. I mean, we both watched the tape on hop uh, when the rumbling started, I think back in like March and we did an episode on him and we both came away feeling pretty good about the player that he still is and how he can help a football team. And I think the presence of Amari Cooper and Nick Chubb and David Njoku and Elijah Moore is a great place for him to be able to come in and be a piece, but also, um, give give Deshaun something stabilizing. I think you've seen that from a lot of teams. A lot of it's been reuniting college quarterbacks with college receivers. Right. Like we've seen that, and we've seen that work. Um, and I would want to do the same for Deshaun. I know it's a unique situation, um, but if I got that invested in Deshaun, I, I I take advantage of this opportunity to sign Hop if I can. So I have a question for you. You know how many times Jacoby Brissett was sacked last year? I don't. 24 times. 11 starts. Mm-hmm. You know how many times Deshaun Watson was sacked in six starts? Probably a lot. 20. Yeah. Deshaun's a and, very – he gets sacked a lot. It's just who he is as a and, player. And that's where I was going is, is amidst all of this discussion of feel and – chemistry being better at the end of the day at the end of the day across Deshaun Watson's entire career 9.2 percent of his dropbacks have ended in sacks took 62 sacks in 2018 44 49 missed 2021 and then in 2022 in six games was sacked on 10.5 percent of his dropbacks the only quarterbacks last year with more than 100 attempts who had a higher sack percentage than Deshaun Watson were Sam Ellinger and he had 101 attempts, and Justin Fields, hmm. 14%. His average time to throw is 3.31, man. And and we spent years. That's who he's been, too. Yeah, like we've always been like, Houston, you got to get the offensive line, give Deshaun a chance. Like, Deshaun's got to give himself a chance. Well, and there there's a whole discussion with a lot of teams across the league with the quality of the offensive line and the narrative of the protection being better. Responsibility oftentimes for quarterbacks in pass protection falls on themselves. Yeah. Right? And for Deshaun Watson, having the offensive line that you have, having the running game that you have, walking that tightrope more effectively is probably something like... you. We need to be willing to take some L's on individual plays for the big picture of seeing the forest for the trees, right? And you know, 9.2%. I mean, Deshaun Watson, for his career, 
He has almost 2,000 attempts, and he's been sacked 194 times. This was not, oh, Cleveland came in. Case in point, Jacoby Brissett was sacked on 6% of his his dropbacks last year. That foil is very significant. And I don't think no matter how better Deshaun gets in in getting back into the swing of the offense, that number's always going to be high. It's it's never been less than 8.2 in a single season. Hmm. So in an offense that has Nick Chubb and has the offensive line that you have, that's the part for Kevin Stefanski, and, and I think that's the part that's fascinating is you, you brought this quarterback in and you're paying this quarterback what you're paying him to be the player that he was in 2020, but so much of your roster is constructed to when you're going to be your most efficient, it's not going to be playing that kind of football, right? Especially, and I don't. I wish I had the data here, and maybe it's easy to find, and I just don't know where to get it, but the, the yards lost on Deshaun Watson sacks are pretty significant, right? Like, you talked about him getting sacked 20 times in six starts, but just think about the bad situations that that puts the offense in in general. And it's already hard for you, and you're making it harder. I can think of in the game – I watched three of his starts this morning, and I can think about some of those sacks, and just the down and distance became impossible for that offense to get out of. Except for the one friggin' play, I think it was a third and 30, the, the throw to Amari Cooper that right. wound up being a touchdown. But – yeah, for the most part, it's it's hard to get out of those situations. So Deshaun lost, in total, 106 yards on those 20 sacks. I don't I don't know I don't know what a normal amount of yards lost per sack is on average. I, I don't know what that is, but well, I mean that some of that comes into why why we like net yards per attempt, right? Yes. Because that that reduces sack yards. Yeah. So if you were to filter. Adjusted net yards per attempt, quarterbacks with more than 100 pass attempts who had a lower adjusted net yards per attempt than Deshaun Watson's 5.24, and that's that's a low number. Uh, Justin Fields, 5.05. Joe Flacco, 4.90. Colt McCoy, 4.71. Skylar Thompson, 4.45. I was told anybody could run that offense with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Turns out Skylar Thompson. I, I watched, I watched Skylar Thompson damn near beat the Bills in the playoffs, man. It's something I witnessed. And Sam Ellinger, 4.23. That's Those not the, the company you want to be in, man. Right. <laughs> From an adjusted net yards per attempt standpoint, factoring in sacks, negative plays, throwaways, all that kind of stuff. Those are the quarterbacks with 100 attempts or more that had a lower adjusted net yards per attempt than Sean Watson last year. Yeah. And that's why he's pink, right? Because the resume of – and pink is the color code that we use for incomplete evaluation if you're not on YouTube. It's – you got no clue. And other than the year in 2020, like 2020, his adjusted net yards per completion was over 8. It was like 8.2. And leaders last year – Pat Mahomes last year had a 7.51 adjusted net yards per attempt. So Deshaun Watson, three quarters of a yard higher than that back in 2020. So when the polls are that extreme and he missed the amount of time that he missed, we didn't feel right putting him anywhere other than pink. It's just going to be impossible to to know exactly where this is going to play until probably middle of October. An impossible team to predict. We like the rest of what you got. We just oh, have like no idea how good your quarterback yeah. is. Right. But the good news is your quarterback has proven for multiple years to be one of the best in the league. It's just, it's been a while. 
So we'll see. Fascinating team. Fun team to study. Some really good players. Uh, but a, a grand chemistry experiment that uh, the, the Browns are going to have to see through. And, and you're hoping that with what they've brought in and what they may continue to bring in, it can expedite getting Deshaun Watson back to whatever his new floor and pushing for his ceiling is going to be. The Browns get better. I think they did. I think it's a better yes. roster. Yeah, it's yeah. a better roster right now than coming out of 2022. I think they're comfortably a better roster uh, between the defensive line additions, Elijah Moore, yep. hopefully Deshaun Watson elevating his play. Kind of remade second, safety room. Even in the secondary. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is comfortably better football team. So that that's one thing for sure the Browns have going for them. And we hope you enjoyed this conversation. On the Cleveland Browns, I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. We are the Draft Dudes, and we are out of here. Appreciate our everydayers who are locked in with us on a daily basis here on the Locked On Network. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Make it a great rest of your day. We'll be back to talk to you all again tomorrow. Peace.